When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TFA fam, welcome into the week three rankings videos. This one coming at you, we're going to talk about our top 24 running backs. Hit on some of the guys outside of that. I will be honest, uh, it is kind of gross this week for running backs. Just either a lot of questions, not great matchups. So we're going to try and help you through this as much as we can. If you're new to the videos, we're just going to run through our top 12, talk about talk about them a little bit, head on the RB2s, and then we'll finish off, like I said, with some flex guys. So, Robbie, let's jump into things right off the bat. Set off with your top 12 guys first. You have it for week three. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris at eight, Barkley making his first RB1 appearance for, I think, anybody. Uh, at 9, Nick Chubb at 10, Chris Carson 11, and then your boy Zeke Elliott at 12. So I have it McCaffrey, Cook, Henry. I have Austin Eckler at 4, Nick Chubb at 5, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, and then we both have Zeke at 12. Like I said, man, for, for me, it's it's kind of gross this week. I would never in a million years willingly put Derrick Henry in the top three. But here we are. And like I said, just because of some of these matchups, either guys in split backfields that, that like, I, 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 I'm just not feeling this week. Like, having Chris Carson at seven, like, I feel like the odds of him actually finishing as, like, a top eight back are kind of low. But, like, he's in a good matchup going, to get, going up against Minnesota. Like there's going to be more than enough uh, red zone chances for him. So like, I feel like I'm, I'm putting him up there just by, by default. And then guys like Alvin Kamara, what has happened to, to him and that, you know, him and that new Orleans offense, uh, you know, Zeke down there at 12, not a great matchup for him. Tony Pollard coming on the scene. So how were you feeling when you went through the, through the top 12? Just talk to me about some of the guys that you want to hit on. Yeah. Let's just start with Saquon Barkley because he'll be the new addition for you and me. I know Kev's been a little bit higher on him. Um, you and I are just starting to kind of come around, warm up to him. And this has kind of gone, I think, the way that you and I expected where he didn't have a ton of time coming off of uh, the injury where he got put into full contact practice basically the week before, maybe it was a week and a half before. He only had, I think, five practices of full contact. And so if you're talking about him coming into week one with only five full contact practices. I was I was low on him week one. Week two, again, it's a tough matchup, but week two, he actually showed a little bit more than I expected. I had him uh, decently low, and he, he performed pretty well given the, the touch load that he had. His snap share jumps up from 48% to 84% in week yeah. two. So now we see him kind of getting back to where he was before, and he just looked like he shook off the rust from week one. Again, we talked about it in the quarterback's video. The 
the Washington football team's defense is is so far not looked like what I thought they'd be. And so he kind of made them look, you know, susceptible to the run. And obviously he's he's a good talent when healthy. So he had 15 touches. I expect that number to maybe creep back up a little bit more. Maybe he gets a little bit more involved in the pass game as well. So I do have him as a top 10 back and in a really, really good matchup, right, against the Falcons. I, I know the Falcons are super susceptible to the pass, but they're not that good against the run, you know. It's it's okay. You can you can play Barkley with no hesitation yeah. here. So that's a guy that I'm excited about. And then Zeke, I think, will be. We'll have probably a ton of questions about him on Wednesday and Sunday morning because people are going to start to fear. You know, Pollard's coming on the scene. You know, if he hadn't scored that touchdown, where would he be? Would would he even be startable? You know, people are going to start to uh, worry about him, but. He's had 79% of the snaps through two weeks. Now, his snap share did go a little bit lower because Tony Pollard looks so, so really, honestly, one of the best games I've seen from Tony Pollard was last week yeah. uh, against the Chargers. Um, he had that kind of that jet motion for the touchdown where he just hit the edge and got it. And he's, I think the big thing is people are like, oh, Tony Pollard's the better back. He obviously looks better. They're different backs, right? Like Tony Pollard is the in space going to get you get to point A to point B a lot quicker than Zeke. And Zeke's a much better in between the tackles, right? You'll notice that a lot of Pollard's uh, touches are going off left tackle, off right tackle, or these jet sweeps um, where they ran two of them this last game. So on plays where there was a design run with Zeke on the field, he got the rock 27 of those 30 times. So there was only three times where either Dak ran, which I think was only one time, and then, and then Pollard got the touchdown and one other one. So even though Pollard's jumping on the field more, whenever it's a design run, it's going to Zeke, and his workload was still good. He had 16 carries. So maybe the ceiling has lowered a little bit, and maybe that passing um, volume has lowered a little bit because Pollard has been pretty involved. Zeke really wasn't involved in the pass game until that last drive. I have lowered him for those reasons, but I'm not worried about him. I'm not like taking him out, you know, questioning if he's a starter. He's still a top 12 back for me. I get it, uh, Philly, a decent defense, but this Cowboys offense is clicking, man. I think they can absolutely be in the red zone and get some touchdowns. Most of the time you'll see, I think, Zeke get those red zone touchdowns. It was just a great play uh, to give uh, Pollard that that jet sweep. So those are, those are kind of the two ones that I wanted to touch on that people were worried about them maybe the first couple of weeks. Uh, we have to remember Zeke came off of a tough matchup week one against the Bucks. If he has an easier matchup week one, we're probably not worried and talking about uh, anything with Zeke right now. So those are my main thoughts. Yeah, I, I agree there. There's there's probably no unless you're like you're in like in an eight person league. There's probably no situation where you're going to be sitting Zeke. Like you said, still had 71 yards last week. I think got close to 100 total mm -hmm. yards. I think it was right uh, right below it. Uh, had the touchdown, which for fantasy purposes saved his day. But it's not like he was inefficient. He wasn't that bad. It was just Pollard looked that good. Yeah, so exactly. And we, we were talking about this in the Discord as well. Somebody had a question about, you know, who to who to start, and Pollard was one of them. I was just saying, like, are we really going to be surprised if, like, Pollard goes back down to, like, six carries instead of 13? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think he disappears, but his role in week one, I think he had three carries and, what, four targets, something like that. So I, I think because of how good he played, he's going to be a little bit more involved. But, like, if you're expecting double-digit carries out of him each week, like, that that just doesn't match up well with how – where the Cowboys' strength is either. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's, it's with Dak. It's with Amari. It's with C.D. Lamb. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're, you're not, you're not going to limit your offense just because Tony Pollard looked good. 
Right. And, and I think that's the one thing is that they look really good when they're when they're together. Right. Like because you don't know if you're going to get that up the middle, really powerful running back who's just going to churn out five, six, seven, eight yards and get the first down. Or yeah. if you're going to get that guy coming off the zone. So honestly, for Dallas to do this well, they, they probably should have it where it where it's not too much Pollard because then they're going to start adjusting to that. And I think it hurts the actual offense not fantasy offenses yeah uh, i'll just jump in real quick with some of the guys in my top 12 uh obviously you know austin eckler for the brand throwing him up here at four one uh he finishes a top six back in half ppr and ppr last week and guess what he didn't score a touchdown oh weird oh austin eckler doesn't score touchdowns he can't be a top back he did it chris carson scored two touchdowns last week and Austin Eckler still had a better fantasy week. And if Austin, I think if Austin Eckler found the end zone, that would have put him up at like RB3 or RB4 last week. So I said on the Sunday show the, the targets and the catches were coming. They did. Now he gets a Kansas City defense who really hasn't been able to stop anything. Like, like that defense. Like, could you imagine what that team would look like without Patrick Mahomes right now at, right. at quarterback? Um, you know, I think the, the Chiefs are giving up the third most fantasy points per game to the running back position. Now, granted, they did face two really good rushing offenses, but Austin Eckler is still going to get his. Nick Chubb, having him at five here, like I, I, I really don't feel great about that. But like I said, there's a lot of these guys I, I just don't feel great about this week. And then you go down to, you know, somebody like Joe Mixon had the great week one. Had a quiet week too, but we know he's going to get the workload. And, and we talked about this on the quarterback show. If the Steelers are going to be missing some of the pieces that are currently injured, it might not be that bad of a matchup for Mixon this week. And we know he's going to be heavily involved. I think last week he was the only running back to record even a, even a touch. So he's kind of on that, that Najee Harris type of workload. And speaking of him, I, I think this week going up against against Cincy could be a little bit better of a matchup. But that run blocking uh, offensive line is still just absolutely dreadful. Yeah. It, was, it was obviously encouraging to see Harris, you know, get in the end zone, get his first touchdown on the, uh, on the pass play where he had to dive for the pylon. But I think it's going to be rough sledding for Najee all year. On the ground now, it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers handle it. They did come out today and say that Big Ben was dealing with like a, a pack injury of some sort. I do think it's on his non-throwing arm. But even still, you know, might this make them scheme a couple more things for Najee just to get the ball out of his hands? Because like I said, man, that, that offensive line is just dreadful. It's worse than like I was bagging on them this offseason, but like it, it might be worse than what, than what I was imagining. So. It's going to be interesting to see if they can, you know, float his fantasy value with his ability in the passing game. And he has that in his his arsenal of weapons. So I think that'd be a smart play for the Steelers. And then Jonathan Taylor, I, I think, especially, obviously, if Wentz is out. And then it came out today that Wentz is dealing with not one, but injuries to both ankles. So if, it, if we're going to get Jacob Easton this week, I think we could see the Titans just absolutely sell out to stop the run. The the touchdowns for Jonathan Taylor are coming. That positive regression is coming. A uh, stat that's been floating around what seems like every, you know, Twitter timeline, every fantasy podcast has been about how he's leading the NFL and touches inside the 10, just doesn't have the, the touchdowns to show for it. 
the touchdowns are going to come. I just don't know if it's going to be this week, and especially if Wentz is out. And outside of that, I really don't have anything else to touch on in the top 12. So I think we can move on to the RB2s for week three. Let's kick things off with who you have at 13. That would be Sir Antonio Gibson, followed by the aforementioned Jonathan Taylor, your boy David Montgomery at 15, Swift, Miles Sanders, Clyde at 18, Javante Williams coming up at 19, followed by Tyson Williams at 20, Chase Edmonds, Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, and Kareem Hunt. For myself, obviously going to have a lot of similar names here. I have Barkley at 13, but I think I want to move him up. I have Gibson, Monty, Swift, Sanders, Harris, Clyde at 19, Chase Evans at 20, Tyson Williams, Elijah Mitchell at 22, Melvin Gordon at 23, and Miles Gaskin at 24. Once I get past, like, Elijah Mitchell... I'm really not interested in a lot of these names this week. Hopefully you guys are loaded up on you know some of these top 20 options or you have some receiver options you can throw in your flex because I think it's going to be a heavy receiver week. But, Robbie, uh, in your RB2s, how are you feeling about this group, uh, some of the guys that you want to hit on here? I think you kind of let off the show perfectly because you're, you're running back ones you feel great about. Yeah kind of your first half of your running back twos, you're like, yeah, these guys can probably have running back one week if things go right. And then you get to like the, for me, it's Clyde's looked kind of sketchy. Tyson Williams, Javante, Chase, they're all split in time. Elijah Mitchell, they're split in time. Damian Harris, Cream Hunt. It's like just a bunch of guys you're like, you could be good. You could be a dud. So it definitely yeah. gets a little concerning. I think I said this last week, but I'm going to probably be looking at wide receiver kind of after we get past that 18 range for t as my tiebreaker, um, especially in PPR leagues. But um, I'm just going to go back real quick to touch on JT. You, you had some really good thoughts about him. And, and the reason why I'm just a little bit lower is they got Marlon Mack involved. And it just – I don't get it. I don't get it. No. Like he got 19% of the snaps. So Jonathan Taylor basically goes from 55% of the snaps down to 45, not a huge uh, decrease, but now we're talking about three guys. Unnecessary. I, uh, yeah. It's just unnecessary. And so his, his passing work went away. Obviously I didn't expect him to get the six or seven targets that he got in week one, but he goes down and only gets one um, in, in week two. So that if he doesn't have the pass work now, I'm kind of nervous about him being a running back one for me. So I bumped him out a little bit. You're right. He has the ability. He has the talent. He can score touchdowns. If you're picking uh, running backs to get a touchdown, he should be at the top of your list with Derrick Henry but and Nick Chubb. But other than that, I'm just worried about what they're doing with that backfield. And then you add in uh, Jacob Eason, and it's just a lot of unknowns there. So that's one guy why I have him a little bit lower. And then, you know, Chris Carson is a guy I said in the last episode, you know, we should just always just rank him running back 12. He's going to find a way somehow to be a top – a uh, top 12 running back. I have him just slightly outside. Um, you know, he played 63% of the snaps and he's seen a little bit of a problem where Travis Homer's getting involved for 26% of the snaps. Alex Collins gets 11. Like he only has 13 carries and he doesn't have any targets, which was really concerning. And his yardage wasn't great. He gets bailed out by the two touchdowns. So I do like his matchup against the Vikings. They absolutely can run them. So that's, what's keeping him there uh, yeah. for me, but I'm definitely some, there's some concerning, things that are coming in that's just making me a little nervous uh tyson williams i think it's very apparent he's the better back mm -hmm. but i don't think this is an offense that wants to just have a one back system in a matchup against but in a matchup against the lions this is a back that i want to play and so 
you know, if you told me he's a he's a running back one after week three, he he finishes a top twelve guy. I would not be surprised. I can't rank him there just because of of the question marks. Right? Um, it seems like Latavius Murray has gotten the goal line work. So you know, will he get the touchdown instead of uh, Tyson Williams? But Tyson Williams, honestly, as a runner, has looked really good. If he can just figure out the rest of it, I think he's going to continue to rise up my ranks. Uh, last guy I'll touch on real quick is just Eliza Mitchell. This is the biggest mover for me as we get later in the week. Trey Sermon gets ruled out. I think he he probably vaults to a top 18-ish back for me. Um, he's gotten the work. 19 carries week one, 17 carries week two. He's not as involved in the air as I'd like him to be. That was a lot of Jermichael Hasty, But with Hasty out, do the pass work maybe go – does that go to him now? And now we think he's probably going to be a top you know, 15, 16 guy. I think he has the biggest chance to move right now. He's a low end running back too, has a chance to jump up a little bit for me. Yeah, the the one guy that I am concerned with here, uh, DeAndre Swift at 16, he's someone who, and this is how I felt about him going into the year, who is going to have to get bailed out by his PPR work, which is absolutely within the realm of possibility. You know what I mean? The, the Lions obviously going to be trailing and the majority of their games this year are going to be playing from behind. So that, that is well within what we should expect from him each week. But up until that last what last drive, last two drives for for the Lions uh, this past week, Swift was looking pretty, pretty bad there for, for a while. Then obviously get some of that garbage time, and hey, it all counts the same. But he's one of those guys where, like sitting there at 16 going up against that, uh, that Baltimore defense. They have not, kind of like with what I was talking about with Washington during the quarterback and tight end video, we expect the Baltimore to be playing a little bit better. Uh, you know, th- this could be the week where they where they come out and they absolutely do that. So having him at 16 ahead of somebody like Miles Sanders, who has been disappointing for fantasy purposes, but he's been getting the work, maybe not the pass-catching involvement that we want, but he's looked good on the ground. They kind of got away from it this last game, but now going up against Dallas for Miles Sanders, he's somebody who I like, so I kind of want to get him ahead. And then – you said it, man. Clyde was aware is just it hurts. It doesn't make any sense and it hurts, which makes it hurt <laughs> makes it hurt like it makes it hurt even worse. I, I will say he has been dominating touches and snaps for Kansas City after the game. Obviously, you know, Clyde having that big fumble and he reads it like he wasn't concerned with it. And let's be honest, he is clearly their most talented back. So he's gonna he's gonna continue to get these touches. Frankly, the Chiefs haven't had the positive game script that I think a lot of us were, you know, like looking forward to, which was making Clyde Edwards right. player like such a, such an attractive option. And then on top of that, he's not being involved as a pass catcher. So I have him down there at 19, not going to let my, you know, my flag planting get in the way here. Chase I Edmonds, good. I do think that the one – maybe saving grace for Clyde Edwards Elair is that we look at the Chargers and we're like, man, that's a, that's an okay defense. Chargers obviously got ran all over against by the Cowboys with yeah. Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. And then go back to week one, uh, Gibson had a, uh, had a really good week. I know he had yeah. 20 carries um, and maybe it wasn't, you know, the hundred yards that you want to see with a, with 20 carries, but they definitely seeded some yardage to him and a touchdown. So if there is a saving grace, if he gets the work and, you can't get worse than no targets, right? So if he even gets, you know, two or three and gets a couple catches, I do he's he's a you're kind of scared, but I'm definitely starting him in most situations. It's gonna be hard for me to, to bench him. You'd have to have three guys, you know, top sixteen guys. 
for me to bench Clyde. Yeah, like we were talking about, this gets to be the area where it's like, do you consider putting a wide receiver in your flex spot instead of somebody like Clyde? But uh, just the, the last guys for me, you touched on Elijah Mitchell. I like him in this matchup. You want to talk about a defense that hasn't gotten it together, look no further than Green Bay. They look like they haven't been able to stop anybody yet. Uh, I think Elijah Mitchell could take care of that, especially if he's going to be the only healthy guy in town. So I, I do really like him. Chase Edmonds is another nice option there, having the matchup against Jacksonville. Looks like he is the lead back. He's been the one getting the pass catching involvement as well. So I think if you you know if you draft a Chase Edmonds as like a RB three or something like that, you can confidently plug him in your flex spot this week. And after that, I'll be completely honest. There really aren't a lot of guys outside of like I said, like the top like twenty two that I really like. I feel like Melvin Gordon. I kind of just have there to to have there. I'll be completely honest, but. The, the, the names after him, I don't feel great about as as well. You know, I mean, he's splitting time with Javante, obviously. You have Kareem Hunt splitting time with Nick Chubb. James Robinson, whatever the hell is going on in Jacksonville, you're never going to feel great about that. Mike Davis, you know, surprising everybody, you know, getting seven uh, catches on seven targets last week. The, the guys that I'm kind of interested in this week, James White, someone that we've talked about, uh, you know, going into the season. Hopefully you were able to snag him late in your drafts. He's looking like he's going to be a steal, considering that he was going in, you know, round 12, round 13 of a lot of drafts. So I, I like him there. And really, man, outside of that, there's there's just not a lot to like this week. I don't know how you feel, but uh, are, are there any names like past the, you know, like I said, the top 20-ish that you're interested for this week? Yeah, I mean, you basically said the names that, that I like. So James White, I think the one thing to note with him is that you would think that last week against the Jets would be a bad game script for a James White, right? No, he still had six catches. He yeah. got involved. He got a rushing touchdown. So I think that James White is at a point for me where he's, I don't know if safe is the word, but I feel pretty good as a flex start, um, especially if it's a game script where they're going to be behind because now he's shown he can do that in games where they're leading. Definitely know he can do it in games that they're behind. Um, they have the Saints. Don't know what to expect from the Saints. We've seen two different Saints teams from week one to week two. Uh, then Mike Davis. I think this is a, a guy that people are going to be really low on this week, and there's going to be a lot of questions on if they should start him or not, uh, or people are just going to be thinking about benching him completely. And I want to pump the brakes a little bit. Um, Cordell Patterson has been getting some work, but Mike Davis has had a really tough start to the year, um, some tough matchups, especially with Tampa Bay in week two. And I do think he's the lead back. Cordero had seven rushes for like 11 yards. He is more of a guy that's going to catch passes, but it's not at the detriment of Mike Davis, who's caught. I mean, you said it's seven this past week. I think he had five in week one. So he's absolutely catching passes because it's Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and then nobody. So they have to catch passes out of yeah. the backfield. Matt Ryan does not have the time to throw. He's been sacked. I don't know, a billion times already, like just last week against the Bucks. So he has to dump it off. Um, they face the Giants, who um, they, they have given up points uh, to the running back position. So, yeah, he, Mike Davis is absolutely a guy that I think you can start as a flex option. But you're right. After that, nervous about Jamal Williams. He's looked good the first couple of weeks, but I'm still not totally sold on that. James Robinson, man, he just needs the work, and he's not getting it. Um, you have Miles Gaskin higher than I do. I am, I am, I do not think that he, unless he gets you six or seven catches, he doesn't get enough work on the ground. Savannah Ahmed had more carries than him. And, and so I'm just really nervous about that whole situation until that clears up a little bit. Naeem Hines, after not getting any work last week, uh, Naeem Hines is going to do what Naeem Hines did in 2020. Fantastic games. You start on the next week. 
dud. You don't trust him. Has a fantastic game. So that's so back and forth. I'm not trusting any of the Tampa Bay running backs right now. Fournette doesn't look as good as he should if he's going to be the starter. And Bruce Arians won't give Ronald Jones the carry. So I'm out on that. Um, yeah, after that, you're probably starting all wide receivers if you have flex questions. Latavius Murray is another name that I'll, I'll throw out solely based on the matchup with Detroit. And he had uh, he did have nine carries, so he seems to be the clear number two behind Tyson Williams. So I, I think if, you know, deep leagues only, like you're not going to be starting him probably in 10 or 12 team leagues. Uh, but I, I do think he makes for an interesting flex play just based solely off of matchups. So if you guys have any questions with your running backs, who to start, who to sit, leave a comment here on the video, or you can jump into the Discord. It's absolutely free, no strings attached, nothing like that. You're not going to get in and need a paywall to get you know to get answers from from the rest of us. Nothing like that. Just join the community, absolutely free. Would love to have you in there. Please hit that subscribe button, give us a like, and we will catch you on the next one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.